Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, Dan Kovalik. Daniel Kovalik is the author of the recently released book, The Plot to Scapegoat Russia, How the CIA and the Deep State Have Conspired to Vilify Russia. Dan Kovalik teaches international human rights at the University of Pittsburgh School of Law. He has worked on Alien Tort Claims Act cases against the Coca-Cola Company and Occidental Petroleum, cases arising out of egregious human rights abuses in Colombia. The Christian Science Monitor referred to his work defending Colombian unionists under the threat of assassination, recently describing Mr. Kovalik as, quote, one of the most prominent defenders of Colombian workers in the United States. Uh, Dan Kovalik, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thanks, David. I really appreciate it. Uh, very glad to have you on. So why, why switch to the topic of Russia? What is it about what's going on now with Russia? Yes, well, in fact, all my friends do ask me that, as you read in my bio. I've mostly focused on Latin America. Um, but I have been concerned for a number of years, uh, well before the 2016 election campaign, um, of what I see and others see as the new Cold War uh, with Russia that's been uh, brewing. You know, I grew up in, uh, uh, well, pol- I was politically aware in the late 70s and in the 80s when the Cold War was still raging, though, of course, then it came to a precipitous end. And uh, by the end, I had changed my views on the Cold War. I had been grown up in a Cold War household, very anti-communist household. Um, and I, I, as time went on, I came to have much a different view of, of Russia in the world and, and, and to not view it as, as an enemy. And, and frankly, I've carried that with me. And now that I see they're being portrayed as this enemy, I think quite unfairly, uh, I do feel a need to come um, to the defense um, of Russia and, and frankly, to oppose a possible next war with them. Yeah. Did did the Cold War end, or did one side of the Cold War end? I mean, in terms. Well, that's a a great question, and I I'm sure historians will debate this for a long time. I think that there might have been a short um, a hiatus period in which, during the Yeltsin years, the U.S. Uh, was okay with Russia as is. You know, when when Yeltsin. Uh, allowed the country to be plundered uh, uh, by all parties, um, but the, but then that that uh, hiatus ended pretty quickly, um, and then the Cold War. But a new, a different type of Cold War, not based on anti-communism, obviously anymore, emerged. So I, I guess I would say maybe there's two distinct Cold Wars. But given the old Cold War, it's very easy to. Um, you know, to encourage Americans to hate Russia. You know, Eric Hobsbawm, the historian, said the hatred of Russia is in the DNA of of the American people, and that's very true. So I think they were an easy target once we decided they were a problem again. Or once somebody did, I didn't. Uh... Yeah, not us. I, I always say we, and I shouldn't do that. I, I understand. I, it's my Catholic guilt thing, I think. But, uh... <laughs> um 
So, so I wanted to talk to you about the, the, the latest little piece of propaganda in this, uh, what you call the plot to scapegoat Russia, and, and that is this video with Morgan Freeman, uh, an actor, telling us a fictional story uh, that is apparently a, you know, a political statement of fact in the mind of, of many viewers. I, I don't want to play the thing. I find it too revolting, but uh, can you describe for people so that they don't have to watch it uh, yeah. what this video is? Yeah, well, it's on the par of like a 1950s propaganda film, like Reefer Madness or something. Um, and he just opens it. I think the opening lines are very important. He says, we have been attacked. Um, we are at war. And they show you scenes of Soviet soldiers marching on Red Square. And he talks about a KGB agent who he never names, but we know it's Putin. They do show a, a video of Putin who rises through the ranks, becomes president. He's upset that Russia is on its knees, and now he's going to seek revenge against his sworn enemy. Again, these are Morgan Freeman's words, uh, the United States. And that we, you know, he does call on Trump to, to, to investigate, find out what Russia did and stop, you know, Russia from doing it again. Um, he barely ever says, of course, what Russia ever did or is claimed to have done. Um, but it's a really incredible piece. Uh, it's about as extreme case of, of yellow journalism uh, that I've seen in a long time. And, and, you know, there has, of course, as you know, and, and many of our listeners will know, been a, a wide range of claims uh, about what Russia supposedly done, uh, many of them summarized in the vague term, hacked the U.S. election. Uh, but what if all of those claims were true? Uh, isn't Wouldn't it still be rather dangerous to declare uh, your country to be at war? Isn't war something a little bit... Uh, different that involves weaponry and and large numbers of deaths yes yes well it shows a few things i mean first of all it shows a tone deafness as to what war is i mean to say that we're at war as you say we're not at war uh not yet i think most americans though don't know what war is because we have barely suffered it certainly we have never suffered it in the way the russians did in world war Two. Um, that Europe did in World War II, um, and we've been very fortunate in that way. But I think it makes us less empathetic about what wars do to people. And, um, yes, yeah, so one, to to claim that there's a war, frankly, is, is, is an insult to people who suffer from war. But also, it's dangerous because... By saying we're at war, it's really declaring a war on, on another country, and, and by people like a Morgan Freeman, who literally people think is God, right? He plays God in the movie, <laughs> you know. Right. It's very manipulative and very dangerous, and of course, Russia's still a nuclear power. But you do see, even aside from the Morgan Freeman video, video you see Congress people on both sides of the aisle. You see commentators who say we've been attacked through these, again, amorphous allegations uh, of, of, of election hacking, and say that a military response is in order. So there are people uh, in power who seem to want 
um, a war with Russia. And it's just crazy. And, and again, it, it appears that Morgan Freeman and Robert Reiner, who, of course, you might remember was Meathead, the liberal on uh, Archie Bunker, um, you know, that he would seem to be calling for war on Russia is... It just shows where this country's at right now, and it's not a pretty place. Now, you mentioned Rob Reiner, who's not in the video. Who, where did this video come from, the, the Committee to Investigate Russia? What is that? Yeah, well, uh, I guess I don't know for sure what it is, but it's some organization, which, again, sounds like McCarthy's um, you know, House on American Committee, but it's some committee with the, the Rob Reiner's on, um, James Clapper, a couple other, frankly, right-wing... Um, Max Boot. Yeah, Max Boot. Um, Norman, another guy, Norman Ornstein. Right. Uh, David Froome uh, at least has some association with it. So it's some group, the self-proclaimed group, that wants to investigate Russia, I guess, for its alleged election meddling. I note it's very interesting because, of course... You know, the Democrats, and, uh, and Rob Reiner is a prominent uh, you know, Democrat, certainly, and, and Morgan Freeman is too. They'll obviously want to use the Russiagate scandal um, to undermine Trump, which at least I understand those intentions. Um, but the interesting thing is it's not the committee to investigate Trump. It's just the committee to investigate Russia. So, I mean, the, suge the suggestion is almost we don't care even about Trump. What we care about is going after Russia, you know, which it makes it even more uh, dangerous, I think. Um, I do think, again, ultimately the desire is to use this to undermine Trump as president, which, again, I'm not a Trump supporter, and um, I'm all fine for uh, undermining him, but frankly, not in a way or not through means that, one, are false and misleading, uh, but also more to the point which could lead to, you know, World War Three. you know, which, again, they seem to be eager to do somehow. Indeed. Uh, we're speaking with Daniel Kovalik, who is the author of the recently released book, The Plot to Scapegoat Russia, How the CIA and the Deep State Have Conspired to Vilify Russia. And and we just noted James Clapper is on the, the board of this uh, committee to investigate Russia. Uh, Dan, in terms of motivations, it seems like there are a number of possible motivations, including uh, profit. Uh, Cold War with Russia is incredibly profitable for weapons dealers and campaign funders. Uh, politics, it's, you know, something that the Democrats want to play up, but it, it seems to me like going after Trump needs a little elaboration. I think, it, I mean, it looks to me like going after Trump with the one thing that can demonize him, but not actually hurt him, with the one thing that needs an investigation, with the one thing, you know, it, it's not like the illegal wars or the ban on Muslims or the <laughs> sexual assault or the incitement of violence or the uh, the financial uh, corruption in violation of the emoluments clauses or you know any of the dozens of publicly documented 
uh, high crimes and misdemeanors. It's like they, they want to pick the one thing uh, that can make Trump look bad and the Democrats look good without doing anything other than be, not being Trump. Uh, but they don't want to go after something that, you know, that he could actually be impeached and removed from office for. You raise a good point. In, in essence, this red baiting is nothing but a red herring. I think part of it is, and, and it's an interesting you know thing we have to evaluate, but I think one of the problems that the Democrats have is that a lot of the terrible things Trump is doing, they have done themselves. Obama did himself. You know, Obama, you know, to remind folks, deported two and a half million people, more than all the presidents before him combined. He waged seven, seven wars in the Middle East. He destroyed Libya. Um, he helped solidify the coup in Honduras in 2009. Um, you know, a lot of what could be said about Trump could also be said about Obama and the Democrats. And so I think they're trying to pick an issue that doesn't reflect back on them poorly, right? So they pick an issue that allows the system to continue grinding in the way it has been through all the uh, presidents, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. And that's what's troubling to me most about uh, about what I see is the, you know, the, the so-called resistance to Trump, even in the rank-and-file progressive community, that while there is very good work being done against uh, police uh, violence and against racism, which are great things and should be done, there's very little agitation uh, against war and against, uh, uh, you know, mass killings like in Yemen that the U.S. is supporting. Um, and, and it's a bit interesting, but I think the Russiagate scandal is a perfect way to continue to promote war but also attack Trump. And so... And so those who resist Trump almost veer away from from the issue because they're they're now so motivated against Russia um, that that war almost seems uh, to be a virtuous thing. And that's of course the whole problem that this country has has labored under for so long that it is war all the time, and it doesn't matter who the president is. Um, and, and our country, even the populace, has become very inured to it and very accepting of it. Uh, indeed, it's uh, it's an excellent point, and I certainly have uh, friends and allies uh, who will not go after Trump for the same things they would go after Bush for because they chose not to say a word when Obama was doing those things. Um, but I, but I still think there are exceptions. There's financial corruption uh, with Trump that is unique and unprecedented and could be gone after if it were you know a topic of interest uh, to the Democrats. Um, and even. If I could just add one thing, even if folks want to go after the election misdeeds, why aren't they going after, you know, what Greg Pallast has been talking about, this cross-check system, which uh, kicked thousands and thousands, maybe a million people off the voter rolls, and which probably did uh, uh, impact the election in favor of Trump. And yet no one's talking about that. And that's actually something we could fix, right? Indeed. Um, and yeah, so so it's all about a sleight of hand, as you say, focusing on something out there 
that frankly we have little impact on and that will have little impact. Um, but it seems like we're now in a mode where we deal in symbols more than we deal with real issues. You know, yeah. uh, even when we deal, frankly, with anti-racism, a lot of it is dealing with symbolic things. Meanwhile, you have slaves that are being openly trafficked in Libya because of our war there. We did that. There are real slaves now being, mar- you know, sold in markets in Libya. And yet, where is the discussion on that? Um, but even even setting things into proper context and even understanding that the U.S. election system could hardly be more broken, more financially corrupted, is voter suppression, voter intimidation, uh, the, the uh, voter IDs requirements, uh, you know, just, just countless ways in which the, the communication system and the election system are corrupted so that one more, you know, isn't a, a, a switch from, from good to bad, and understanding that the United States is, you know, interfered in at least 80-some elections we know of and countless coups directly and through trainees and bombed over 30 countries in the past 75 years and so forth, put everything into context, the question still remains, what, if anything, did Russia do? Um, how do you answer that? Well, I agree with John Pilger, uh, who said that the Russiagate scandal is not only devoid of evidence, it's actually devoid of allegations. It's hard to even pin down what they're claiming. But, I mean, when you go down to the, you know, to to the nuts and bolts of, of what claims are there, you have the claim that Russia hacked the DNC computer and, and uh, brought forth emails um, that truthfully showed that the, how corrupt the Democrats are. Um, that they, and again, that's an allegation, I, I, which I think has been unproven, but that's, that's a claim. And, and, and uh, which is a favor to us if we want to know what our political system is doing, right? Yeah, and, and again, a minor infraction, truthfully, given the things you say, given the infractions the U.S. has made in terms of literally militarily overthrowing other governments. And now you have this claim that, that, that maybe possibly a Russian company that maybe possibly had some relationship with the Russian government bought $100,000 in Facebook ads before and after the election that didn't really talk about the election but dealt with some uh, hot-button issues. I mean, again, I just can't imagine that people feel alarmed by this. A hundred companies, there are companies that spend a hundred thousand dollars a day on Facebook ads. Trump spent eighty-four million dollars on Facebook ads, and we're to believe that a hundred thousand dollars in Facebook ads over uh, a period of over a year had any uh, bearing on the election. And then, meanwhile, we don't even know uh, that it was a Russian. Uh, company behind it, and yet this is making the front page of the Washington Post. This is, uh, you know, a, a, a nothing burger. I'm sorry, I have no, I have no other word for it. I mean, it, this is silliness, and yet, and yet you have this. The media focused on it 24 hours a day. Meanwhile, it doesn't seem though the polls seem to suggest that that even rank-and-file Democrats are not that interested in this issue, that they care more about health care, jobs, you know, about their communities, um, about their health and better health care 
than they care about this Russiagate scandal, you know. And, and frankly, even from a tactical point of view, if this is all the Democrats got, they probably will not make many gains in 2018. And well, and it's been proven because they've lost the first four special elections uh, out of the gate after Trump was elected, because all they got is this Russiagate nonsense. Um, it's an excuse not to deal with real issues, as you say, and it's also an excuse for losing to Trump, which obviously is an embarrassment. Anyone should be embarrassed by that. But it calls for you know more self-reflection as a party and as a people, and not to blame you know a third country for maybe possibly buying Facebook ads. I mean, it's just incredible to me. And how do you explain so many people so blissfully going along with what seem like contradictory uh, statements or demands, including Morgan Freeman? You know, on the one hand, we know Russia did this evil thing that amounts to war. And on the other hand, we need an investigation to find out what, if anything, Russia did. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, how, how do those fit together in the same, in the same mental space? Well, unfortunately, I think that's that's how most of our wars are prosecuted, right? We, 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 we fire first and then ask questions later. I mean, that is, uh, it's a ready fire aim. Um, I think I think our country's used to that. Again, you know, you look at the Iraq War. You know, there is no proof of weapons of mass destruction. In fact, we were being told by very authoritative pe- uh, people there weren't any, and yet no one bothered for any proof before we went in, and it turns out, of course, there were no weapons of mass destruction a million Iraqis later. Um, You know, and it's interesting, because as a lawyer, and I talk about this, I'm a lawyer, you know, and so we talk about burdens of proof. And the higher the stakes, the greater the burden of proof, right? If you're going to go to jail or maybe be put to death, the prosecutor has to prove your guilt, uh, you know, with a high level of evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. And I would assert, if you're going to make claims that could lead to war with another country, you need at least as high of a burden of proof. And yet, Americans seem to desire almost no proof before we engage in conflict. But haven't they got us then and now asking the wrong questions and searching for the wrong answers? I mean, even if every single claim about Iraqi weapons were true, the United States openly had all of those same weapons, and there's nothing legal, moral, strategic to justify attacking either country. Uh, Even if all these claims about Russia were true, they don't constitute war or a justification for war, legal, moral, or otherwise, do they? So, So don't we have to prove all the factual errors and then point out that it's the wrong conversation to begin with? Well, you raise the the very key point you're absolutely correct you know i teach international human rights and the one thing i talk about over and over is that there is a concept uh you know in which we look at is a war justified is it just before we even talk about how a war should be prosecuted you know what rights should be protected during war we never talk about the first question, and about very few human rights organizations do. But you're right. The first question is, even if everything we say about Russia is true, does it justify war? And, and, I, and of course, I would argue, and I think you would agree, it doesn't even come close to justifying it. And yet, 
people seem to believe, again, they've jumped to the conclusion already that possibly war is justified against Russia. And if you ask people why, they could barely tell you why. But, I, I have a theory that uh, we have just a few minutes left. I, I have a theory that when Russia fell out of its position as the justification for wars around the world at the close of the of the earlier Cold War, uh, that you know a, a new a replacement was sought and found in terrorism in Middle Eastern terrorism. It could never end. It would be with us forever. It was a bet. You know, it, it was going to work better than the Soviet menace. Uh, but that that's been weakened in recent years, that people are not as scared of Middle Eastern terrorism as they were at first, uh, and that Russia is being brought back uh, as a better justification for military spending. Well, yes. In fact, I'll see you and raise you one on that. Not only are the terrorists, al-Qaeda, ISIS, uh, not viewed as a threat, in fact, there are segments of the military and people in power who view them as the ally and are using them as an ally. They did that in Libya. They're doing that in Syria. I mean, the fact is they needed to switch gears because they wanted. They decided they'd rather partner with these extremists as they did with the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, um, and they're doing now. Um, than see a stable Middle East. And so, therefore, terrorism couldn't be the the reason for war. So we had to pick Russia, um, which w wasn't only more convenient, but again, which justified what we're doing in these countries. You know, Henry Kissinger recently said that we cannot allow ISIS to be destroyed because it would help strengthen Iran. I mean, that is how crazy some of our leaders are. Um and so we're actually being led uh, to be convinced uh, that the terrorists are our friends. Yeah. The, uh, the, the response uh, of the U.S. media now, uh, including the Washington Post, seems to be to not, to not to convey this sort of sanity that you are, but rather to defend poor Morgan Freeman, uh, against whom Russia has launched a war of, uh, of online criticism uh, or, you know, acts that amount to, to war. What, what do you, what is, is, is Morgan Freeman the victim here? Of course not. Um, you know, and as you say, they're claiming, oh, Russian trolls are now going after Morgan Freeman. No, a lot of very serious American intellectuals are going after him. Um, people who care about war and peace are going after him, and deservedly so. What he did, what Rob Reiner did, was completely irresponsible. In fact, I keep waiting to see one of them, if not both, apologize, because I can't believe that in the light of the day they feel it's justified to, to call for war on Russia, which is exactly what they did. Um, no, they're not the victim here. The victim is us, frankly, for, for them trying to manipulate us in supporting the next war. Yeah, but have we found it? We've got just a minute left. Has anybody found a famous actor or actress willing to talk sanity and rule of law and responsible behavior with regard to Russia? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, maybe a Danny Glover, you know. Um, 
but I, I don't recall any saying anything. I mean, it, it really, the Russia narrative that's being pushed uh, by the mainstream press seems to be on lockdown. There's very little debate or room for debate. In fact, like the old McCarthy period, if you if you defend uh, Russia or, or even claim we shouldn't be have hostilities towards Russia, you are a suspect and and yourself yeah. a Russian dupe. Uh, yeah, which is why I'm not going to hold my breath for that apology from Morgan Freeman. Uh, Dan, Daniel Kovalik is the author of the book, The Plot to Scapegoat Russia, How the CIA and the Deep State Have Conspired to Vilify Russia. Dan, thank you very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.